Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. on into Jaybird Watch podcast of Jay's Journal. There is a new face slash old face in the room, but let's first start by welcoming in Craig Borden and Chris Key, the faces of the last two months of Jaybird watching. Uh, gentlemen, how are you guys doing? <laughs> you mean the slow decline into the baseball-less <laughs> world? Of... <laughs> yeah. Well, see, let me tell you something, because I found out like I was some run of the mill triple A player, but getting cut from the team and finding out on Twitter that Adam was coming back. Nobody even <laughs> thought to send me a message. I had to find out on Twitter <laughs> that hey, I'm just getting Don't feel too bad. That's how the bass player Van Halen found out he was also kicked out of Van Halen. Just saying. Hey, I'm <laughs> sure that doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> Actually, if anything, it should make you feel kind of cool because I'm sure players find out about it all the time through uh, social media. Well, exactly. Now I know what they now I know what they go through. Now you know what yeah. they go through for the return of the Mac. Uh the return of the new the daughter beard. or the new the new uh father of two daughters now. Adam Corsair, welcome back, man. How are you doing? Doing well. Um it's great to be back. Uh I'm sorry, Chris, that you had to find that out on Twitter. Um I'm sorry I just declared <laughs> Then I'm coming back. <laughs> it was more like, how <laughs> yeah, dare you take your yeah. spot back? I'm, I'm back. You now. need to earn um, it, man. I do. Yeah. I You'll do. be our I'm Randall Gretschek. It'll be okay. Oh, God. I hope I'm better than that. <laughs> I, I would like to be the Cavan. Please let me be the Cavan. Yeah. We're going to talk about Cavan today for sure. There wouldn't be a, an Adam Corsair show without Cavan. Um, but look. Well, uh, what, what about Cavan, man? There's nothing to talk about. <laughs> oh, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to Cavan. 
Yeah, um, he's missed, fact, he's missed like four months. There's plenty yeah, for him yeah. to talk about. There's yeah. a lot to talk about. Let me get this off my chest. We're gonna get yeah. around, and I'm sure we. We're will. gonna <laughs> we're gonna fill the next two months of strike with Adam just filling in the last three months that he's missed. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's um, gonna be the let me uh, tell you what grinds my gears episodes, right? <laughs> oh, nothing grinds my gears. Not yet. Uh, well, I mean, no baseball, but there's no baseball right now anyway. But um, look, I just want to say. Uh, I haven't been on the show since September, late September, mid-September, I forget which. Um, but you guys have held it down. I appreciate it. I appreciate the time off. Um, in the beginning, I, I, I'm sure you guys, minus Brendan, know about you know having kids. It's it, it's a roller coaster. It's a it's a ride, especially when they're babies. It's it's a huge adjustment period, right? And sleep comes at a premium. Um, we are very fortunate enough that uh, our new daughter is a very good sleeper. In fact, we put her down now at seven. She's good until about 5 a.m. with maybe wow. one wake up. Wow, that's really yeah, good. Yeah, so she, she's good. It's um, so lucky. <laughs> oh, she is very, very good uh, at sleeping, which makes me very happy. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, uh, it's it's given us time to really, you know, settle back in, catch up on the sleep, fall into a routine. So hence why I'm back now. Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't thank Chris for filling in the void and, uh, you know, making, uh, it very apparent that I am the weakest link on the show. (laughs) Um, and, uh, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you, um, filling in and now I have to fill in your shoes that you've uh, left. And I hope that, you know, the invitation, at least I'm going to speak for everyone is always open. You can come on the show anytime you want, man. 100%. Um, it's cool with me. Um, cool. And um, let people, you know, sort of reinforce the notion that uh, you're the man. So I appreciate uh, you guys holding it down. I appreciate the time off and uh, let's get kicking. Cause there's a lot of blue Jays talk uh, that we need to cover. At least I do. Um, I know there's yeah, so a we already out. did it once, man. Listen, there's, there's a lot. <laughs> I have not expressed not making the playoffs on the show. Okay. Oh, I have yeah. not oh. been able to express that. Well, so, the, and the, go. The main <laughs> topic after welcoming you back was Adam, kick us off by letting us know your impressions of the end of the season uh, the uh, and the signing so far in the lockout. So why don't we start there? Why don't you start venting about the way the season ended? And then we can kind of, I don't know, maybe do like a revisit and a reset to where we're at now. So start with, uh, the missing the playoffs bit and we'll go from there. Sure. I don't know, uh, chronologically who, uh, you know, how this all fell into place when it comes to them not making the playoffs. But I will say this, um, it's not any individual's fault that they didn't make the playoffs. I mean, this is with all intents and purposes, given the fact that George Springer wasn't on the team for uh, a good portion of the season. Uh, Barrios came in at the deadline. Ryu underperformed. Cavan was playing out of position. Um, the only real consistency we had on this team is Semyon being awesome, Ray mm-hmm. being awesome, and Vlad being awesome. Uh, Bo had his slumps here and there. Uh, obviously, Greychuk was great in the beginning, and then he became Randall Greychuk again. Uh, Lourdes <laughs> took a while to heat up. Um, Manoa didn't come until a little, I don't want to say late into the season, just that he didn't start off the full year. Uh, and obviously, the destructiveness of Nate Pearson didn't help anything with this team. So... Given all of that, this team still was in it, right? And if you can picture this team fully healthy, even with the new additions, this is going to be a very, very, very good team. I, I do not care 
um, what people think about the lack of continuity and the lack of familiar names on this team. And Chris, I'm, I'm sorry about Robbie Ray, but um, <laughs> this team is still, still very, very good. And the fact that they barely missed the playoffs sort of speaks volumes. It, it, I was disappointed. I'm sure we all were disappointed that they didn't make the playoffs. But there was some decision-making um, you know, processes that we can point to, maybe from Charlie Montoyo, that you know, late in games or the bullpen additions or the bullpen decisions, I should say, that cost the team some games. And yeah, you can do ifs and buts, but the fact is that they didn't make it. But I think when you look at 2021, given what 2020 gave us, this team overperformed, right? They exceeded expectations. And I know we walked into the season saying it's playoffs or a bust, but I'm still very proud of this team. I'm still very happy with the production that they were able to to put out on the field. Um, now going into 2022, maybe I'm speaking both sides out of my ass right now, but with 2022, I do think it's playoffs or bust. You do not make these moves unless you have a clear and you know determined uh, game plan to make the playoffs. So... I'm not saying World Series or bust, but it's I don't even think wild card should be the goal. You have to make the playoffs. You have to win this division. And I think they're doing everything that they can in order to do that. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot to talk about. But, guys, the Rays are still the Rays. But from where I'm standing, the Red Sox got worse. The Yankees haven't done anything. Mm -hmm. And the Orioles are the Orioles. So the Blue Jays <laughs> definitely have. Just yeah, they, yeah, that's true. That's true. They have a path to get there. Right. And I do think today they are better than the Red Sox. I do think today they are better than the Yankees. And I do think today they could go toe to toe with the Rays. Yeah, so there's a lot to be happy with when it comes to this team. Most definitely. I think, Craig, Chris, we can revisit a little bit just kind of to pick up where Adam was saying about the end of the season and keep that discussion going a little bit more. I believe at the time, Adam, just based on when you said your daughter was born on September 23rd, we were just fresh off of the Blue Jays losing two out of three to the Rays at Tropicana Field, which we all agreed was the series that they needed to at least not get swept, which they did. And then they were going into Minnesota for four games where they split it two for two. And I believe, Craig, correct me if I'm wrong, and Chris, you too, that when we recorded that episode after you were first on Paternity Leave Adam, we said, you know what? Still a path here for them to make the playoffs because we recorded, I believe, the night before the Yankees series started, uh, which was obviously the big one that they needed to at least win two to three. They didn't. Uh, but uh, I believe, Chris, Craig, we were saying uh, on that episode on the Monday that losing two to Minnesota would very much be a spot that we would go back and look at as the season wound down and be like, okay, if you win one more against the Twins, we would have at least been in a tiebreaker. Or I think we were saying the bullpen back in May. Uh, after, basically, after all the injuries started to happen and people went down, the bullpen really screwed them up and they were able to get their footing. I don't know. One of you can run with that. Chris, go for it. Yeah, I, there's so many looking back on it now, there's so many things that you could say, like, was it was it the bullpen? Was it how was it that game in Kansas City where Robbie Ray <laughs> just couldn't find the strike zone? Like you could go all the way back that to that point. You, yeah, you could you could go back to the, the, the Semyon throw that everybody likes to go back to. You could go back to. I don't know. There, there's a handful of whatever, but 
at the same time, the way I'm looking at it now is the only thing that that's going to make these players and well, especially the players, but I think what it's going to make Shapiro and Atkins is so much hungrier to yes. get to get to get to the point where they can like leap over that fence and they can just bust through the door and like for everything that has kind of come out in the last week week and a half or so since we've talked like we were apparently right in the thick of things for Corey Seager yeah um this whole Freddie Freeman thing might actually have legs to it and like if they get Freddie Freeman, like there's room to go more as well. Like the, it, they recognize that there needs to be more. And I think that ownership recognizes the potential for having, I'll take the words right out of Shapiro's mouth, a behemoth team. And it, there's recognition on all sides right now of what, uh, what's happening and i think there was a tweet somebody had a picture of uh teoscar in the batting cages yesterday Mm -hmm. i think i think it was rob longley yeah yeah and teoscar was saying like these next four or five years in toronto are going to be really special like the players see it the players see it the players know it and as long as and, and this is the difference between i think and like the difference between Shapiro and Atkins and what's happening with ownership now, like ownership got a taste in 2015, 2016, like what could happen if this plan actually goes well and everything goes according to plan. And like, I think ownership and Ed Rogers recognizes this and they're going to do whatever it takes to supplement this team. And, help with that progression in any way they can um there there was also some some talk of uh upgrades to the stadium as well and like i think this is it's all part of it with what with what's going on right now um not to ramble too far and get too far off track but like it, it it's all part of it and like for the people that still are stuck on Anthopolis and like the Braves winning the World Series. The the like the world the Braves winning the World Series this year didn't help with that whole narrative either. Like that was the past. Like this is what's happening now. And like, would I rather be the Atlanta Braves who picked up a bunch of guys on one year contracts that are gonna be like, what are they going to be next year? We don't know what they're going to be. Really might not be back. Or do you want to be do you want to be like, here's a question I'll pose to all of you guys, which I think I know the answer. Would you rather be the Atlanta Braves right now coming off the World Series, not knowing what the hell is going to happen with your team next year? Or would you rather be without a World Series like the Toronto Blue Jays right now, but all of this potential, all of this money to spend, all of these good things circulating around the team with a front office that I have full and total trust in, which I can't say that I had three years ago even maybe four years ago probably was a better uh timeline on that but like what position would you rather be in craig you as take a, oh okay like as oh, a fan a as a as a fan who 
where would you rather be a Blue Jays fan knowing that we have all of this potential with multiple World Series appearances in the prospective future or the Atlanta Braves where they just won a World Series, but who the hell is playing the outfield for them next year? You want me to put this into a summary for you? Is I think I got the analogy for, for you. Go for you it. You want to be the one-off year Braves like you have right now, yeah. or do you want to build the freaking team in the '90s, just in the yeah. 2020s? Yeah. If you know, that's the cusp we're on, boys. I really yeah. do feel that confident with the fact that, regardless of what's going on, we have two amazing pitchers guaranteed and locked up for the next four or five years. We have an offense that's going to be a juggernaut with Springer, Vladdy. Bo, Tay Oscar for the next couple of years, Loris Gurriel Jr. You know they're going to find a way to sprinkle something in that to make sure that that five-year window matches up with those pitchers, whether that's Freddie Free or whoever else that might be. But to that point, I think that's the logical analogy there. You can be the team like the 1995 to what? 2002, I think, was the Braves were basically the NL East champions constantly. And even I know they only the won Yankees Worlds. in there. Yeah, I know they only won well, one World Series in that time frame. But the fact that you're going to be ready to go to the ballpark for the better part of five years to a decade, <laughs> and know that you might have a winning team, or just hey, you know, mail all the check in, be the Florida Marlins, and tear it down the next year mm-hmm. <laughs> for this season. I I like I love where this team's going, and I don't think any Blue Jays fan can't be excited, regardless of the fact that we literally just missed it to the point of where Adam was going with the conversation conversation a minute ago. Go for it. Um, if I'm being honest, as a fan, I'd rather have just won a world series. Me too. Ooh. Um, I'd rather, I just can't I, go back to the years of, Oh, I hear you, but I'm of the philosophy. I've always have been. If you could trade away all the top prospects in the system and guarantee a world series, let's go. Do not. So care. to that point, though, you do that right now. You get us a World Series, and you have everybody locked up. So you're gonna eventually backfill those prospects again. Yeah, I mean, by the time theory, these right, contracts right. that we have right now, you're locking and loading again, right? Right, right, mm-hmm. right. So in that in that regard, yes. But I'm just saying, if given the opportunity, um, I like a slow burn. Like this is as a fan, as an organization, and what the prudent thing is to do is exactly what the Blue Jays are doing. I have no issue with it. But, I mean, the last time they won a World Series is when they were in 1993. I was seven. I was one. <laughs> yeah, what do I experience yeah, at seven? Nothing. I, I, care, I care more about Batman, right? So um, I just want to experience a World Series um, as an adult. And if that means guaranteed I would have last season with this team, I would have taken it. Personally, I would have taken it. Um, but there's no wrong answer. Right. Because what they're doing is something I don't disagree with. It's not that I'm unhappy with what they're doing and I envy the Braves. And there was a lot of that on Twitter when the Braves won because people are it's natural to just shoot back to Alex Anthopoulos. And I think that's it's kind of bogus. Right. If this was any other team, no one would be thinking, oh, I wish we had Alex Anthopoulos back. No, it doesn't matter. Like, that's just that's coincidental. Um, So in a way, it's, it's a mix of both. But just just. Give me my goddamn World Series, please. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm with you, Adam. But, Chris, the question I think what you're ultimately getting at is obviously um, the Blue Jays are much better set up than the Braves are for a long-term outlook. But yes. I think exactly where I'm going with, with answering I would rather be coming off of a World Series is 
yeah, the Blue Jays can make the playoffs all those years, like what you were saying the Braves did, Chris. Uh, or sorry, Craig. But they might not win. Uh, and they might waste a core and never win a World Series uh, with this core. I think the chances are very, very good that they'll at least get to a World Series, maybe two. Um, and that would be hell of exciting. But they might not win it. So I'll take the guaranteed World Series win. Um, but... Again, like you, Adam, Chris, and Craig, we're all on the same page. They're doing this the very, very right way, and it should be exciting for at least the next four or five years, six, hopefully longer, um, the way they've built this team up. But uh, great questions. Uh, I like them so far. Um, I don't know, Craig, did you have anything you wanted to add on kind of the way the season ended, or are you guys ready to go on and get Adam's thoughts about the way the offseason has shaped up so far? I'll let him go do that, and I'll make my joke. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, Adam... <laughs> I think the first major move uh, that happened when you were gone was the Blue Jays re-signing Jose Barrios before some of the free agent signings happened. And I know we were in the height of recording when they made the big move to get Barrios. And the whole narrative at the time of the trade was, okay, we gave up a lot. We gave up Austin Martin, who could be a superstar. We gave up SWR, who also could be a very good pitcher. Um, They all have their flaws, yes, but they're all very, very highly rated prospects. To get a front-of-the-line starter, a borderline ace, if not already an ace, and Jose Barrios, that will be here for the rest of this season plus next year. And we're saying, okay, well, now you have to re-sign him or make every effort to do that. And it kind of came out of left field, to be perfectly honest. It's just like seven-year deal. He gets an opt-out after the fifth year, which is very good for him. Uh, Also good for the Blue Jays, potentially. But... uh, Adam, how shocked were you to see that that got done so quickly? And how much does that speak to basically what we were just saying in terms of Barrios has bought into what the team is doing in the future? He's bought into the way Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro are running this organization. But like, how shocking was that to you to see uh, the Barrios re-signing happen so quickly? Did not see it coming. Yeah. I, it just, oh, it, you're right. It, yeah, it came out of left field, um, as you said. And, you know, given the fact that he was on the team for what? about a month and a half thereabouts um two months that's all it took that speaks loudly when it comes to how this organization is run um it speaks loudly to how they treat their players almost immediately in in barrios's case immediately um i think when we talked about the trade for Barrios, we are saying, okay, if he resigns, then you can clearly say that it's worth it. You're getting, uh, what is it? So eight, seven and a half, we'll call it seven yeah. and a quarter uh, seasons if he stays the whole thing uh, of Barrios for two top tier prospects. That's fair. You might even win that trade. Yeah. Um, There's a valid given point. the given the fickle nature na- uh, nature of how prospects tend to not pan out. Um, so in that regard. I think we can look back at this trade and say with confidence that, you know, this team knows how to attract free agents. This team knows how to attract superstars. That's something that we haven't been able to say. Right. And I know it, it, what George Springer is the most recent who hadn't been on the team that signed with us, you know, prior to that is Ryu. Um, But still this team, specifically this front office is making strides in that department. Something Anthopoulos could not do. Let's be honest. He he couldn't lure top-tier free agents to sign here. It had to be a trade and then an extension, if anything, right? So, Or to that point, just a reclamation project. They're two best yes. players at that time. 
frame were guys that were nobody, everybody else written off in Jose Bautista exactly. and Edwin out. Just saying. right. And ba- Bautista <laughs> had been in the organization for quite a while. Like he, he was yes. brought in uh, from the the JP Ricciardi era anyway. So inherited wealth. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something that you should look at this organization and say, you know, this aggressive approach that Chris, I think you spoke to earlier about how they're still not done and how they're going to be aggressive with all this money heading into the remainder of the offseason when this lockout ends. Um, you should be confident. You should be confident that they're going to chase after. And you should be confident in the product and the product being Toronto. You should be confident in what they have to offer as an organization, you know, with with the 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 areas of expertise that they're able to showcase. I think you should be confident. And plus the young nature of this team, given the fact that the uh, the majority of this team still hasn't hit their prime. Mm. Like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was running up an MVP. He is not even close to his prime. That yeah. is outstanding. Alex Manoa had a phenomenal season, rookie of the year conversation. Not even close Should to his prime. More of the conversation. Yes. yes. <laughs> not even close to his prime. You know, the, the this is a team that you can bank on and say, and when it comes to free agents, you could say that alone is attractive enough to them to say, I want to be on that team because yeah. they're young, they're exciting, and they have potential. I think that's even underselling them a little bit. Um, so bringing it back to the Barrios extension or re-signing, um, it, it just made me feel fulfilled with what this organization can do and their aggressive approach. This is something that was sorely needed, right? We couldn't walk in with just on the books, Ryu and Manoa. Like, really, that's that's really all we had to to showcase out there. When you put a Barrios in this rotation, and now obviously we're going to talk about Gosman too, but it is just going to stop that. Like now, reuse your what? Maybe your four. Who's going to stop that? (laughs) Depending on what they do, Ryu could be your five. Think about that. Ryu could be your five. So just to put it out there, I think that episode that we had while you were gone on that was good luck AL hitters. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was titled or something similar. At that point. Time to wrap it up with hit good luck pitchers in the AL too. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I I am very happy. It it came out of nowhere. You can tell just in this press conference that he's excited to be here, and it meant a lot mm-hmm. for his family, right? He he seems like a family dude, and I I always like that. I melt a little bit, obviously pulling on the heartstrings. I just had a child, so <laughs> I I love seeing it. I love how enthused he looked, and it was genuine, and you can tell he's genuinely all in with this team, and. I didn't expect that. Usually when it comes to trade deadline rentals, they're in and out. Goodbye. And yeah. that didn't happen. So I, I, I am thrilled with this signing. Absolutely. And speaking of Kevin Gosman, we can move on to him next. But I want to open up the conversation there to Craig. Now that we know Barrios is in the fold, gotten Adam's thoughts on that. We obviously will talk Gosman and expand on that a little bit since that's pretty recent, the signing still. Um, wh- what is your projected rotation order as of right now i know that there's still the prestige of starting on opening day and getting that nod for your team that you get to kick things off you get to start in front of the sold out crowds uh and all that and you're anointed the ace of the staff if you start on opening day um so craig as of right now with gosman included in the fold uh and barrios and manoa ryu and the fifth spot still up for grabs could be stripling could be somebody else what would your what would you predict the rotation ends up being like, uh, assuming everybody comes out of spring training healthy? I think it's going to end up looking a lot like the projections go. Uh, 
you know, Gaussman first and then having Brios and company follow. But I, what better of a way, in my opinion, to reward Brios for taking that contract and going, hey, you know what? I love it here. Reward him with that fucking opening day start. That would be so cool to watch him go, that's right, I'm your boy for seven years, and then watch him run out on the home field advantage. Because I correct me if I'm wrong, we start in Toronto for the season if I, for the first time in a while, don't we? Oh, in Baltimore. It's in Baltimore? Shit. <laughs> anyway, to that point, I think he gets the opening day start. I just want to see it. However, the rotation shakes out after that, after, you know, if Gossman becomes what the it is. ace, it is what it is. But I would love to just see him get that opening day start because I think it's just the perfect pat on the back for him. In all reality, guys, yeah, that is a very overall fair for both sides. If I think we look back at that Barrios trade or uh, trade and then the actual contracts he signs. It's rather team friendly to the point where he obviously didn't want to flush the, you know, I think he, he waited this season has does anything like he did the last two years. He's going to get easily anything he asks for and just knowing what the pitching market's going to be next season. He probably would get it. Mm-hmm. Um, not that he's cutting himself off the knees or anything by any means, but to the fact that, <laughs> like I said, <laughs> you know, it's team friendly enough and happy enough for him, obviously, to be getting what he wants at the end of the day. But I think the biggest thing that happened in that whole situation, too, and I wanted to you know, bring this up to you guys. Do you remember that first game where um, he was back with the, the Twins were in Toronto, I think? Somebody on the Minnesota Twins threw at one of his new teammates, mm. and he was one of the first people out of the dugout. I think that just comes leaps and bounds to show the culture that's going on in our Toronto Blue Jays locker room and how close-knit of a group it is that the fact that they brought the right guy in that fit that culture just perfectly. And then he ends up resigning to the fact that he wanted to stick around with this gang as long as humanly possible. So what do you think? Do you think that was as much important as the fact that this team is going to be good? Because it was one of those things that screamed too good click to me. Uh, Yeah, I, I think, I think those types of intangibles are exactly what you're looking for when it comes to a team player. And when it comes to someone that's buying in, um, and moreover, you're right. It was his own, his former team, I should say. And, you know, I'm, he probably still has a lot of allegiance to a lot of those guys on the other side of the diamond. Um, but given the fact that he's donning the Blue Jays colors, has Toronto written across his chest, that's who he's going to defend. You know, that's yeah. the sword he's going to use. Um, so I, I think it has a lot to do with that. When, you know, Shapiro and Atkins have talked about building a culture. They've talked about locker room. They've t- this. There's there's a reason why Marcus Stroman isn't on this team anymore. There's a reason why Josh Donaldson, to his credit, still very good, is not on this team anymore because they're looking for clubhouse guys. So they don't just bring in guys. Maybe with the exception of uh, VR last or two years ago, mm-hmm. but they don't just bring in guys. They correct you know, that, that quickly, have, though. Yes, they do. <laughs> they don't bring in guys with attitude problems, right? And. Clearly, they they knew something about him and his his uh, team first attitude that they thought would mesh well with this young core going into the future. And that's something that you can't mess with. You can't mess with the psychology of this team because they are still young. They're still kids. They're kids in the young 20s and they're impressionable. So you want to be able to have the guys that are, you know, good role models and good team players and leaders, moreover, uh, to be implementing that sort of influence on this team. And he has shown, just by the way he carries himself, I can't express it enough, in that press conference, that he is a guy that you want in your locker room, for sure. 
Chris? We t- we're talking burritos right now still, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. For some, I'm like, I'm Whoa. thinking we're talking, I'm like, we, I thought we were still on burritos, but maybe we're, I heard Gosman in there as well. I threw a curveball. I'm sorry, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Craig, Craig took you know, my topic I teed you guys up on and made a new one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, um, there's three hosts in the room. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> four, probably. Four. Um, no. Yeah, it is all about culture, and I think like Brios does fit the bold. And if you're not going to have somebody, I'm sure they're gonna, they're going to bring in another veteran player. I'm sure, but you're probably not going to find anybody quite like Semyon. And I think trying to maybe not replace that, but try to replicate what kind of attitude and culture he brought was especially important to the young infielders on this team. Like he he stood in between Bo and Vlad all year for 162 games this year he stood on second base or sometimes shortstop mind you but like he stood in between your two arguably your two most important players um all year long and Bo gave Semyon tons of credit for the things that that he taught him and the way to carry himself on a ball ball diamond and in clubhouse and whatever and like having guys like Barrios and now Gosman coming in, like the things you hear about him and being a good clubhouse guy and, and a good role model and whatever, like I think there's something to be said with having those guys on your team. Like it obviously having a group full of 26 hotheads out there screaming at every single thing that's going wrong. Like they, it, this shirt might be an entertaining pro like entertaining, uh, project going on out there but like it's going to like collapse at the seams very very quickly so you need guys like like the reggie jackson yankees uh no (laughs) but but, yeah i i i don't see how that could go wrong for them um and like let's be bygones bygones here he's really good Fucking pitcher too. Yeah, yes. yes. <laughs> like, yes. that too. They wouldn't have thrown that giant brick of money at him if not. So yeah. right. So you know, like he's a good guy, but you you can throw the ball really well too. So there's that. So to answer your question though, Brendan, <laughs> before Craig took it completely somewhere else, <laughs> it's gonna be uh, it, it's gonna be Gosman, Barrios, Ryu, Bassett, or Lopez, and then Manoa. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. I love that little addition. Nope. That's nice. Nope. <laughs> but the, the only nope. reason the only reason it's that order is to give a different look halfway through the rotation. Sure. Otherwise, yeah, you would be probably on the bottom in that case. Okay, yeah. fair. I'm fair. I'm fair, over fair. it. I'm over no, it. With re- it, it that, that's simply to give a different look halfway through. Well, but I mean, given... Point, though, well, God. I was going to say, given that, that means Manoa would be your opening day in Toronto starter. So I don't yeah. hate it. Yeah. I'm perfectly fine with that. Give him yeah. that. That'd be cool. Sorry, Craig, fire up. Uh, I was just going to say to that point, you know, regardless of the fact we were even saying when we signed Ryu, it's great that great that year that we got him, he was our ace. But now we're at that point where we are actually, this is where he should be. Yeah. In at a, this point in the yes, three, four sir. spot. Yes. Um, yeah. You won like two and a year, half good years out of him. And then whatever happens in the last year year and a half like who cares right let him keep teaching alec manoa he's the perfect yeah. guy for that we've already seen it yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So I'm going to go Barrios with you, Craig, starting opening day to give him that nod for re-signing so quickly. Then Gosman, then Ryu, then Manoa, and then I have no idea who the fifth guy's going to be. Assuming that it's not a trade just because we are locked down and all that stuff. As of this point, I got to say it's Ross Stripling uh, yep. just because of uh, maybe one of the signings we'll talk about later for the bullpen being added in there. Guys coming back from injury, guys need to bounce back in the bullpen. Uh, I just think that as, as of right now, Stripling is their best bet for the fifth spot. But I, I'm still hopeful that they make an addition there. Um, Adam, how about you? Uh, what is your rotation order as of right now? Who starts opening day? And then you can go into talking about Kevin Gosman and your impressions of when I wouldn't say they chose him over Robbie Ray, but there might be some truth to that. Uh, I, I, I guess flip a coin with Brios and Gosman, who's going to be your one. I don't hate either. And I'm we're talking about how much of a character, uh, how much of a character player both players are. Uh, for this team, so I don't think either one particularly cares. I'm sure they take pride in it, but I don't think there's going to be any hostility if they no. don't get it, right? Um, they're here to win. They're not here to be the number one guy. But this is their contract. It's not like they're going to yeah. get a fat contract after this. It's, this is it. Um, so it, it flip a coin. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, if you want Ryu to be your third, fine. I just I don't want to see Ryu opening the series in Toronto against Tampa Bay. So fine, put him in at the number three. Because after the first time through the rotation, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, um, it gets all jumbled up. Yeah, and I I want Stripling at the five as of right now, unless they're making another addition. Um, and if they do, then Rio's going to be your five because you're not going to – if you're going to get someone better, you're probably going to be there. Um, I don't want to see Nate Pearson in this rotation because I, I, I said it before, and I'm sticking with it, hot take, all you want. Nate Pearson is the future closer of this team. I swear to God, he is the future closer of this team. And I think they know it because the way he was pitching out of the bullpen was good. All right. He was good out of the bullpen. And I don't want to mess with him in the starting rotation. It's over. Mm -hmm. It's done. He is the future closer of this team with that velocity. If he can just get healthy, get his uh, location knocked down and nailed down, he has closer stuff written all over him. And that's where I want him to be. Um, and I know that was a little out of left field there, but we're talking yeah, about right. rotation. People want Pearson at the five. I don't want to see it. So I'm glad you guys don't either, necessarily. I'm glad Stripling is the guy ahead of him. So there's that. Yeah. I don't know if you guys want to know my opinion. Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Neither Stripling nor Pearson will be the fifth starter. Who who will it be? And I'm thinking we're not going to even get another person just because of how this lockout shit's going to screw everything up. I really am wondering with people being where they were last year with injuries and whatnot, if somebody like Thomas Hatch actually steals a chance to start the season that no. as a fifth starter. No, they, they, won't, they, they won't settle. <laughs> they won't settle for it. They won't. They're I not going to agree with you, but they're not going to my, my only deal. Craig, they're talking like, mm -hmm. don't let anybody fool. There's nothing in the CBA that says that agents oh, yeah. and gems can't talk. They're talking. <laughs> they're talking. Oh, I get that. Oh, yeah. They're talking. But they're not and allowed to put they, their pictures on MLB.com anymore. No. And, <laughs> no. and like, GMs are talking still. Like, yes. things are happening in the background. Things are happening. GMs so, aren't owners. I sure as hell hope so. No. Yeah, they're not yes, Like I said. Yeah. They got All it, right. dude. They, they, they might they, let, them, let them swoop in and, uh, and, and take some players right now. And they, it might just be penciled. Right. Yes, Whatever. Yes, exactly. Um, Just cannot be formally announced until yeah. a deal is reached. Yeah. Um, Unless your name is Justin Verlander. 
It might be Verlander. Who knows? He didn't sign. <laughs> no, that's official no, now. It, it was official now. Yeah. Oh, it is official? Uh, it, oh, yeah. yeah, it's the only it's the only person that could get away with uh got it signing during a lockout. Okay. It was yeah. like notarized. Yeah, it was like wording or something in the contract wasn't uh retroactive or something. Yeah, so it was like it was already signed, but there was something it's official. Okay. Wording. <laughs> Lawyer mumbo jumbo. Yeah. Well, you don't want to see Alvis Luciano as our fifth starter? No. Ambassador <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> Lopez. Yeah, Ambassador oh, God. Would be very, very nice. And I would not be surprised <laughs> if they make a trade for that to fill out the rotation. Hell, while sure. we're getting Jose Ramirez, just get Shane Bieber. Oh, there you go. Oh, man. I would love Why not? That. Yes. Go while we're there, we'll just do this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We're here to talk just throwing this guy, too. Let's let's do it. So we're all pretty much all caught up, Adam, in terms of what happened when you were gone. Obviously, there was some stuff here and there. There was also the signing of Yemi Garcia for the bullpen. Very under-the-radar kind of signing with a guy who could play a very big role in the back end of the bullpen. I don't know if you want to expand on him a little bit, but I figured we we could go to the next thing, which is we have a lockout. There isn't much mm. in the way of news, uh, just in terms of uh, you can't make any signings official. Uh, as Craig mentioned, you can't show your pictures on social media with wearing a player's hat or wearing a team hat or anything like that. But let's open up the conversation. And I don't know, Craig, I'll start with you. If you were the MLBPA and you were the owners, what do you think a fair proposal uh, for both sides would be? And you can take it any way you want. I have kind of way, I know I'm taking it in my head, where they got to come to a deal specifically around shortening the length of control you have over your players, but not by too much because there needs to be some sort of benefit or incentive for your players to get paid earlier, but for teams also to keep those players as long as possible. So, Craig, I don't know. You can go off of that. You could go off of something else that you've thought of that would help get a deal across the finish line. But uh, run with it, and we'll see where the conversation goes. So, clearly, obviously, everything comes down to money at the end of the day, and that's why we're here talking about this in the first place. The owners don't want to always pony up everything, and the players are always looking for more. This collective bargaining agreement versus many of the others, I do believe the players have all the cards. And I think that's why we are currently sitting in an MLB lockout. They're actually looking for them to fold a little bit and cave under the pressure. The uh, <laughs> the rookies that have been coming in a Major League Baseball over the last five years are obscene. Current case in point, Vlad Jr. Yes, he was one of those guys that signed a bonus in a minor league, you know, now getting signed out with Dominican Republic and everything. But to that point, he is still getting paid peanuts for a guy that literally just came up runner up for the MVP award in the American league. And we actually, the three of us minus Adam here actually called out the other day that if he was in the national league, he would have easily beaten Bryce Harper for the national league (laughs) without question. So to that point, you put him at the basically the second best player in all major league baseball right now behind only the guy that beat him for the MVP, Shoya Atani. So to that point, it's on the owners to turn up and pony up money. And if they don't have to, they don't aren't going to feel that incentive. I think the Blue Jays incentive lies in the fact that they're trying to keep their best player happy more than anything. But to that point, they don't have to do anything. Case in point, Washington's Nationals, 
have one of the other best young talents in baseball, and you haven't seen Juan Soto get paid yet. Yeah. So, Fernando Tatis being one of the most recent exceptions, and then obviously we just saw Wander Franco get paid for the Tampa Bay Rays. So there's some good examples, and then there's some bad examples. It's just how it is. But what it's going to come down to, and I think it's actually this simple, if they can earn an arbitration by doing X in their first season as a hitter or a pitcher, they can get it. <laughs> Maybe it's that simple. Um, if you produce more than an X war during your first season, you are now arbitration eligible during that first season. That was one of the random things I read the other day and it made yeah. so much sense to me because you're hearing everybody arguing, okay, well, then just make them, you know, make their pay based on their war. That's great. But okay. Yeah. What if, um, you have one of the best guys in baseball, all of a sudden had a shitty minor league career. And just because he's playing on a team like the Baltimore Orioles has an MVP season on a crappy team and has an insane war. Did he really earn that? Or did he actually just have a good year? You know, there's gotta be some way to track the track record from a minors into that transition. You have somebody like, you know, Vlad that destroyed the, you know, the minor leagues or Boba that destroyed the minor leagues runs into his first year and just has like a three war. I think we should be having some kind of a conversation about that guy getting something extra that following season. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just how I, what do you guys think of something like that? Because I think that window is where this whole argument is really coming into play for that part mm-hmm. of it. I don't disagree with you, but I don't think the owners would ever go for it. Just because you're arbitration eligible doesn't mean you're going to get an insane amount of money either, though. It's no, but you're raised based on your current yeah. pay. <laughs> yeah, and I, just, I, yeah, I don't, I don't window. see them going for it. They, they like that cheap control mm-hmm. the first couple of years at least, and at least you can, you can kind of project your team salary going forward yeah. for the first couple of years because, like. What if what if you have an insane first season, but then your next season is terrible? Fall yeah. off, right? I think that yeah. that's exactly where the argument is in that situation, where I think you might have to actually have a reimbursement. Not a huge thing, but maybe some near square you're at because you didn't do this in those first two years or something. Well, even, you know? even being stuck at that, like if your arbitration sets you at or whatever it is, you're at like 10 million and you fall off a cliff. Like, do you go back mm-hmm. down to 500,000 then or 750,000? <laughs> like the players no, would, would never, the the players point, would yeah. never go with the that. Players will never either, do that. Right? Yeah, no way. So maybe I didn't explain where I was thinking. Right. So when the player currently goes to arbitration, they mm-hmm. both have a number in mind. It usually ends up being something, you know, figured out in the midst of that process and then there's only so many players that end up going to an actual arbitration for that year i think last last season there was only like 15 20 players in all major league baseball that went to arbitration and then everything else was settled just right right before it um let's say you are making the league minimum all right maybe it's written up that you can only make x much of your percentage that before you know that following year if you go to that next thing there, you know, there's some kind of a piece in there, but it's a number that they can agree on as a, oh my God, raise, and then tear it out from there. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's yeah. going to be something like that this, where there's all these fences. 
This is why it's tough. This is why this lockout, it doesn't seem like there's going to be an end in sight anytime soon because, Chris, you're absolutely right. Why would the owners want to give up the structure the way it is? You know that how much you're going to get pay your players. This is also why the Blue Jays know they need to win now before they have to start paying players, right? Because every yep. one of their best players is making like 600K. And they've signed <laughs> players. They've extended them. So they're like, okay, before we have to start making tough calls on getting rid of somebody like, Lourdes, who is going to be in for big payday soon, or a Teoscar who hasn't yet got his big bonus or contract extension, mm-hmm. or whoever it is coming up through the minors. Um, that's where the decision has to come to play. But I kind of like, Craig, where you're going with it, where I wonder if, and this is where it's tough, like let's say you're Vlad, you came up to the majors and you had like a 1.5 war, whatever the number is, that gets you into arbitration early, but you go into arbitration every year after that. You just have to qualify for it earlier. You don't have to wait the two or three years of service time before you then qualify for arbitration. If you and your year qualify for it, you go, you argue against it, you file your number, get a higher pay, and you're in arbitration every year after that because that could encourage teams to pay your players earlier or hold off another year. Maybe he has another huge year. It's like, okay, now I've had two really big years of Seven and a half war combined over those two seasons. I want to get my payday. Uh, and they'll talk about it and see, okay, well, you're going to be on another one-year deal. You're going to be making $10 million this year. And again, you go into your third year. You continue to go into arbitration. You're better and better. Or if you get worse, the team is like, no, sorry, you're not getting $10 million this year. We're filing at $8 million. And if the player wants $12 million for whatever reason, the arbitrator comes in and says, no, you're going to make ten again. Um, the, so the, arbitra- the arbitrator doesn't go with that, though. It, it, they won't take a median. So if they in that case, it's a or B. if it yeah, it's A right. or B. Yes, so yes. if it, it for people that don't understand how this exactly works, and I'm not an expert by any means, but in Brendan's uh, example there, if the player comes in at 12 million and the club comes in at 8 million, the arbitrator will one. side on one or the other. One or the yeah. other. yeah, yeah, right, right. So, so the other piece of this whole thing that I was thinking too, because it's what six years of control. Yeah, six and then years. The first two years are contract renewals or something. They get three or four years of arbitration. I think it's most minor league deals these these days. Pending service time, right? Some, something like that. So the, the next piece of that is, okay, great. Those years of arbitration, are you just starting it early and then the guy gets out three, two years earlier? Or no. you still have them for those five years and you're you just getting them more for- chances to make more money? See, in my, in my opinion, and I don't know, Chris, Adam, what you guys think. I don't think the players care about where they're going to play. Like, There's you can come money. up and you can have your six years of control and keep the owners happy knowing you'll have that player for a little while, sell some jerseys, make some money, and then give them a contract extension. I don't think they care about the control. They care about the money and getting paid mm-hmm. because teams can then manipulate it and say, no, we still don't believe in you, even though you're a superstar. We're still going to pay you 597000 or whatever the number is. Yeah, I, I think it's most important for them to have the financial security. Um, and the length of the contract is good because then you at least know that you're going to get paid for that long, right? You're not yeah. on these these just one-year deal, prove-it type deals. Um, I'm a little bit torn on this. Obviously, my instinct is to side with the players, and I always feel like just players make whatever you want, like make the most of whatever you can. That's that's the way it should be, greedy owners, blah, blah. Um, but then you look at the flip side. Let's just consider this offseason right now if we were to have these arbitration scenarios where the players are making a decent chunk of change and it's not that they don't deserve it but given the situation with guys like vladdy 
uh, guys like Lourdes, even though he did sign that contract. So that's just, it is what it is. But you can even say Tay Oscar or Bo. I don't know that they get these other deals done. You know, who's to say that they, and maybe the Blue Jays do because their situation is unique, but you see guys with the other teams rather with certain payroll restrictions there, maybe they can't make these free agent signings that they otherwise would have to put them in contention. And I'm not saying it's a give or take kind of thing, but that's got to be taken into consideration that, you know, it's because Vladdy is making so little that compared to what he's actually worth. And Bo is making yeah. so yeah. little compared to what he's actually worth. Worth that we were able to sign Barrios. We were they able. They all to sign can him. though. That that's the but thing. Can like, they? I yes, think they so. can. So, they they can. They, there's okay. There's still a bottom line. Oh, there's yeah. always a bottom line, but like owners aren't getting all of their income from the baseball team, and the baseball team can fund basically whatever it wants like it's a multi-billion dollar industry and even these lower teams like the rays and like pittsburgh, pittsburgh this year or whatever yeah. they're yeah. they're getting revenue sharing that they're supposed to like trevor ploof broke it down fairly well yeah. uh this week that like they're all getting revenue sharing that is supposed to be used on payroll and they're not all doing that yeah um but that's also why he also explained that, like, you see teams like Pittsburgh and Arizona and whatever kind of jumped and signed a couple of, like, weird deals just before the lockout to say, oh, look, we did spend money, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Stop saying that. We did it. There's, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, they can all afford it. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that they can all afford it. It's just... And especially like, I don't know, that there's teams out there that put on this charade that they're these poor teams and that they're not. Like, look at the worth of all of these teams. And like, you look at what these owners do in their spare time and you start looking around at their net worth and the companies that they own on the side and whatever. Like, there's money there. There's yes. tons yeah, of money. That's there. my money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but like, if say. you don't. It, my my thinking of it is that like if you're I, and I get there's bottom lines and whatever, but like if you're not an owner that this is why I kind of love secretly love Steve Cohen, because like if you're not a crazy ass person with a boatload of money that just wants to win no matter what, why are you the, owning a baseball team? Because it's lucrative. Exactly. So they it's have luc- money. It's luc- it's so they have money to I'm not spend. saying they don't. Chris, I don't. I'm not saying they don't. <laughs> you just saying, said. No, no, no. I, I'm not saying that they don't have money to spend. I'm saying there is also a bottom line. Like, I, I don't. And I'm not saying you're saying this, but I see segments of the Blue Jays fan base saying that Rogers is this uh, multimedia conglomerate, which they are. Um, and they have all this revenue from other sources. So why can't they funnel that into the Blue Jays? It's not how it works. Right. It could be, though. I don't know. I don't know. I I am not a, a business savvy person, but something tells me when you look at the pie chart, right? You can't just borrow from your your internet providing revenue. No, and and this is exactly why I want Edward Rogers to buy the team outright. Yes, I do think individuals should own the team and not yeah. companies. And then I, I think, you, and then yeah. I think even more there's a bottom line, right? There there has to be a bottom line if it's an, an individual owning the team and not 
a multimedia company because when you have like a company like Rogers, you can sort of finesse that philosophy in your head and say, oh, well, why can't you just take it from this? Why can't you take it from my cell phone provider? Like you can theoretically come up with that. I don't know if it's legit. Maybe it is, but you could think it. Whereas if it's just a single owner like Cohen, Cohen has X amount of money in the bank. That's it. Like he's, he's, he's making more, but he's not, he doesn't have like other areas of Cohen Incorporated, right? Funding the, like it's Steve Cohen funding the team. Have you read this book? He's got a shit ton of money, man. I'm sure he does. (laughs) He's got a lot of money. You just happen to have that on your desk. I love that. that If you look at his, you know, you talk to his accountant, he can probably break down, like you cannot spend more than this to fund the Mets. Without and he'll say, fuck you, you're shirt. fired, I'm going to, and yeah, get see, me Max Scherzer. It doesn't work. Give me yes. a yes man now. Yes, So, you, <laughs> but what I'm saying to you is you're taking away from other things in his personal piggy bank, right? Yeah. And that is hurting your bottom line. It's still a, a, an overall piggy bank. It's that not you, my you're, money, though. I know I don't give a shit. Like, hey, that's fine. <laughs> Maybe it is if it's coming from your damn cell phone bill. Mine's like two hundred and eighty bucks a month for three goddamn phones. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I, pay, I pay Bell, so it's fine. My <laughs> point with all this yeah, is that <laughs> I think I think the the players should be getting a lot. I'm thinking more on the lines of the the eighty percent of players that are making peanuts that are like blips yeah. on the radar that are here that's... in and out and maybe a couple seasons. You need to pay them. Yeah. 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 Therein lies it's the not, problem. Right. It, it, it's not Max Scherzer. It's not Mike Trout. It's everybody else. Like it's Reese McGuire. Scale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like <laughs> it, no, it legit is. It's, no, it's, you're you're 100 right. You know, yeah, at least we can get an upgrade for his van or car or whatever. It's, the, it's those it's those bullpen guys that get played against a system that are up and down and up and down and up and down. Or like, uh, fuck, what was his name? Mike, Mike McCoy. McCoy. Yeah, Mike McCoy. Yeah. Exactly. That was like, like I have to buy frequent flyer Miles McCoy. Yeah, yeah. He was literally <laughs> on a bus Espinals. back and forth from Buffalo. Like, yeah. it's it's those Buffalo. guys that are getting it was the Vegas. Shot. Vegas. Yeah, he oh, was yeah, on back Vegas and forth from Vegas time, at yeah. that time. Oh, yeah. he was like, crazier. Like, yes. that guy got yeah. the shaft hard. Yeah, he did. And like, I don't know what his career <laughs> earnings were, but like, I don't think it'd be decent, but not much. That's fine. But it wasn't flights, right? Like yeah, he is probably. doing something else right now, like oh, for sure I, to make probably. ends meet. You know, oh, no, I wouldn't be surprised. like you. You look at, and it's also not just the players that are in. The, I don't know. I know MILB doesn't really have anything to do. There's still minor league baseball that's going to happen, right? But that's got to be addressed too. And I don't know if this is necessarily part of it. But you read. I don't know if you got. Obviously, you should remember Dirk Hayhurst. But I don't know if you remembered any or read any of his books. But minor league life is not easy. It it's is not. not I've been to Bluefield. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, it is awful. And, you know, that these are like, I don't know, below minimum wage that oh, they're yeah. making just to just to live out their dreams. Like something has to be done. And I'm not saying that you should pay these players millions and millions of dollars. But for fuck's sake, man, like at least provide them with the fuel that they need in terms of food yeah. to be able to perform at an all star level. Maybe you'll get more out of your players. Maybe you'll create Absolutely. more superstars by doing this. And this is food. Yeah. This is just yeah. food. Yeah. <laughs> we're just all oh, the fact that they were finally going to give minor league players housing. I can't believe yeah. that was yes. still a debatable topic. Oh, I know. I know. Especially yeah. to the point now that today's athlete is not 
just a summer that they're playing. That is a year-round commitment oh, yeah. to even have some kind of a commitment. This isn't beer league softball players that are making it to the Major League Baseball anymore. Right. They just happen to stroll out onto the field. These are pristine athletes in their primes that are, you know, we're blessed enough to be able to watch play baseball. You know, it's not the same fact that what I was, you know, you're seeing back in the days of Bull Durham when we're watching movies on TV and stuff. Yeah. For that yeah. matter, you're not even going to see guys like playing for the Cleveland Indians. Yes, I said it <laughs> in the movie Major League. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, when you know it, New York Penn guys. It, for comes... all of Mike McCoy's bullshit, he basically made a $823,000. That's really? nothing. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's nothing. That's nothing for someone that provided that much service. I'm sorry. It's just not. Can't retire. <laughs> like he yeah. he basically he basically got paid for two years, oh. which he had he technically had a four year career from '09 to '12, and yeah. that was it. But I doubt but that's he, taking minor league earnings into a because that was no 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 right. Be. But like what yeah. negligible though. But know? still compared to that, peanuts. Yeah. yeah. Like it, what it, it's. It's sad For that a lifetime like, organizations like adopt a minor leaguer have to exist. Yeah, like, they yeah. shouldn't have to exist. They're doing Absolutely. great work, mind you, but like they shouldn't have to exist. Right. So right. back to where I was goofing around with the war thing. So yeah, yeah, just yeah. to put this in a perspective of where I was thinking is I, you know, me being the nerd and the math guy, engineer by day, I uh, broke it down like this. Right. So. There's 780 players that play major league baseball. Yes, there might. That's. 30 teams, 26 players. Yes, there's some guys that are on peripherals of that too. So just a rough of how many are on each team, right? So the guys that produced over a three war in this past season were about 150 players. That's all Major League Baseball out of that mm-hmm. 780. Right at the line that I'm looking at here where three starts, the youngest his players are Dylan Cease at an exact three, Jacob Stallings at a three for the Pirates, and then you go up just a skosh higher, and you start getting into the Jordan Alvarez's, Jose Barrios's, things like that. So pretty much everybody around that three line is already guaranteed on a major league contract, already considered an elite player. The lowest guy on that that is just above three, the lowest guy is J.D. Martinez. Oof. So if that gives you an idea of the amount of money that is at a 3.0 war, if you somehow, to go back to this whole CBA thing, so the, what I threw out there, if you happen to produce a 3.0 war in your first two, one of first two years, or make it a collective thing, right? The two years you produce this, whatever that number is, five, six you qualify for early arbitration yeah that's what i think could make sense and they're gonna have to agree with it right like Mm -hmm. if you put it up in your first year and you hit that total like you hit the ground running like a mike trout or something like that yeah of course you qualify for arbitration early if you hit a combination of four and a half or something like that after your first two years you, you hit it early you don't have to wait around for the end of year three i don't know what they're gonna do i'm sure they're talking I don't think last seeing what happened last year when they were trying to strike a deal to play for just 60 games inspired much confidence in any of us because I know even last year when we were recording this, Craig Adam, as we were somehow keeping the show going during the pandemic uh, and getting closer and closer to Major League Baseball and we started talking about the deal, we're all like, 
if we're concerned about Manfred now and his negotiating skills to try to get a deal for a 60 right. season, how the hell are we going to be in him for next year uh, at the end of 2021? So they're going to have to get creative. I don't know what it is. I think Trial we're kind continues. of on the same line. Pay the players, mm-hmm. pay them earlier, pay them what they're due a little bit earlier, even if it's not a significant increase, just more than the 597000 or whatever the major league minimum is for when they get called up to the big leagues. And then, Adam, to your point, if, you, if teams can't start signing free agents or paying it, that's when you're going to have to make a decision to trade the player and be like, mm-hmm. OK, we can't afford you. We'll try to get something for you. And that's what the Rays do with all their players before signing the big league deals, uh, except for like Evan Longoria. And there was one recent Wander Franco. Now they traded them all before they had to get big league deals. So it'll be interesting, but I don't know if there's any easy solution to this. Uh, is and, there? Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, is there anything outside of the economics that you think would help here? Like I'm thinking more of the superficial shit, like shorten the, the playoff season, ex- and shorten season they, ex- playoff yeah, expansion, if, shit like yeah, that. If they want to expand playoffs, they have to shorten the season. Yeah. I am I am all for expanding playoffs. Honestly, I am because call it I, I like bias, games but, at the end of the year. Give me yeah. more playoffs. A ninety-one yeah. team win team should not be missing I, the playoffs. Yeah, I, I loved. <laughs> I loved this. Like one game wild cards are great for ratings and whatever, but like should be three at minimum. I I want to shoot myself during them. Yeah. Um, for like a yeah. hundred. Here's what one I game would say. For, 100, so for 154 that? game season, still like 162 or 154, I don't want my season for the playoffs to come down to one game. Yeah. Right. Like it should, if you're playing that long, it should go to at least three games. And I loved that three game setup in short, short yeah, season. Same. Although, so, yeah. like the Blue Jays got decimated. <laughs> you that was the decimated. most, that was the you, easiest you playoff can, game I've you ever can, watched. Like you can be a really good team, lay an egg in that first game, and still have a chance at least. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because then you're be- you're ironing out that maybe the best team does win. Because if you're yeah. thinking about a wild card, a one game wild card, that's not necessarily the best team winning. Right. It's it no. could be a, the luck of a draw. Whereas a three game series, it still might not end up that way. But if we hindsight at the like the Rays were the better team, it's it's undeniable when right. they had the Blue Jays in the three game series. It's it's not even close. So you can iron that out. But maybe the Blue Jays get lucky in the first game and yeah, they win. Absolutely. They would have that no happens win. this year though. We end up being the better team over a lot of these teams that went all through yes. the playoffs, mm-hmm. yes. including the, probably yeah. arguably the World Series champs. Yeah, yeah, Just wouldn't saying. be surprised. But I also think that I have if, another you, one. If, if you're losing the or needing to pay players more, opening up the playoffs to more teams helps. Like, all oh, the NFL is a different beast and it's only one game playoffs and whatnot. And that's the way it should be for an 18 ge- or a 17 game season in 18 weeks. Yeah. But the fact that the NFL has opened up a seventh seed in each conference is keeping teams in it longer, keeping your fan base mm-hmm. engaged longer. They'll yeah. be wanting to go to games later into the season. So if you even open the playoffs mm-hmm. by two in the MLB, uh, you are going to be keeping teams right around the 500 mark into sept- early September still engaged because, like, man, we're only two games back of the last playoff spot right. here. You'd have more yeah, more perfectly. teams involved in trade deadline. Yes, yes. exactly, exactly. Everything. So, it increases the action exponentially. 100%. And mm-hmm. I don't think it waters it down having another team or two in the playoffs mm-hmm. because, yeah, it's three games. And then, yeah, you go on to what it normally is. But it keeps you in it longer. That benefits the teams because you get bigger crowds when you normally don't once mid-August comes around. Like, you know you're mm-hmm. out of it for real if you're a terrible team by July. Mm-hmm. If you are a 
a team, you might be able to sell your fan base on coming out to support them to get hot in September. So I don't know. The NFL did it right in my mind because you have teams that are still six and seven, six and eight right now that could still make Shut it up. and get hot and get in. So <laughs> let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the seven and six Bills and the 76, seven and six 49ers. They're both in playoff spots, oh. but they're still right in the race. <laughs> yes, dude, I, I'm, yes. I'm with you. I'm with you for sure. So. I read an interesting one on the CBA stuff that um, honestly, I loved this idea and I, I want to bring it up to the collective here because I don't know if this got a ton of uh, traction in the media. Jason Stark, ESPN said the way to kill tanking would be to flip I did the whole this. draft pick cool. position thing around and do it on order by just <laughs> missing the playoffs. So your first round yeah. pick for this coming draft would be the, Blue Jays. the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> you know what? It's funny you say that because and not to say that this is we're so savvy, but in my fantasy league, um, it, it, we're in a dynasty. We don't go worst team gets first pick. You have to win the constellation bracket to win the first overall pick. That's a great. So idea. It's, it's the same thing. Like you're, yeah. you're never not playing for something. Yeah. Right. So in the same thing with this whole thing where we're talking about having a three-game playoff for the first round of the playoffs or what I would hope to see is I'd, I'd love the wild card game. But the problem is, to me, those two teams are too good to still be battling it out for the one-game playoff like we're talking about here. Shove that down one more spot, whereas the team that maybe shouldn't get in but could get hot and run with something, them be the two teams that fight it out in that next level of whoever the hell the other people that would make it in an expanded playoffs piece would be like we were talking about these teams that are dancing on the line of the trade deadline still but you talk about having that next level of team be the team that might be the team that breaks out the following season you're increasing competition you're keeping people from going well you know what fuck it i'm gonna be the astros for four years and suck and then get all the good draft picks and then one to a world series and then break it all down and start over again which is honestly probably where they're going boys just saying <laughs> yeah. what do you think yeah, you know what? Even make that, I don't know if this is where you were going, but even make that sort of televised. You want to make the MLB oh, draft 100%. interesting? It's not. It's not. It's not interesting <laughs> at all. I don't care because I'm not seeing these guys for like for five years. Me. Exactly. I'm, yeah, I'm never going to see them. Like, we're, that's we're, NBA, NFL, it's so exciting because that's your guy now. Now, that's yeah. your guy. Yeah. You're buying that guy's jersey now. Right. And you're yep. wa waiting to see what he can do for you in the immediate term. Like maybe this doesn't solve the problem of that immediacy issue all the all the way. But if you can at least make it appear that the first oh, overall yeah. pick matters, make that its own playoff thing. Right. 100%. This is the battle for the first overall pick. And like, yeah, yeah, hype yeah. it up. Yeah. Well, then it gives you something to fight for at the end of the season. If you what are you what if you are in a clear, you know, like the Oakland A's this year. Right. They were in that next tier past the Blue Jays and the Mariners. If they had something that little extra to play for, even though that last week and a half, basically, where they said, eh, fuck it, right? <laughs> you know, that maybe they lose that spot where they get yeah. the first pick. And then all of a sudden, sure. maybe it's, you know, maybe it's not even just the first pick. That's a reward for that. And then they just go back to the normal shit after that. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, yeah. But to that point, I think that's – I. I saw that from Jason Stark and the people tweeting it out. And I was like, holy crap, that's actually a really good idea. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I, I liked it too. It and I'm not just saying as a selfish Blue Jay fan trying to yeah, get the first yeah. pick next year. Yeah. You're, never, you're not going to see him anyway. When, when, when are you going to see him? <laughs> Meyer League guy guy. <laughs> so I'll ask this because I haven't, like, obviously football mode is very much in play, especially with no free agency, anything like that going on. 
and I also haven't gone looking for it, have any of you seen any actual tangible news about how conversations are going? Because it's been dead yeah. quiet from so many people yeah. passing all these guys. Has there been anything about the network sort of progress? Freaking like rerun yeah. movies and Joe yeah. <laughs> McFly, who's part of the whole John Boy thing, um, had said that he had word that the lockout may be may maybe ending sooner than we all think. Really? Yeah. Can only hope. Um, Kenny Ken 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 just tweeted. There's an article on the Athletic saying that it's they're going to resume in January and February first okay. is the quote soft deadline. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. they cannot afford to not play 162 again. Uh, like no, no, they uh, have to. They have to. They have to, and I hope they both realize that. Period. And that's what's that is what's encouraging. It's like, yeah, do your lockout, get everything on the table, see what the deal is. But at the end of the day, we're still going to play 162. Somebody will cave, or they will be able to come to an agreement on both. So that's that's great news. That that's really good. I mean, so yeah, uh, there's been I think there's been three or four lockouts, and they've all resumed before spring training. This isn't the mm-hmm. same thing as a um, the strike. It's not yeah. the same. Like strikes happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've seen it, but all lockouts have been resolved. There's no reason to think that it won't be. I know it sounds like doom and gloom, and you know, I don't know if that's intentional on here, but I I have full confidence that we're going to see a full season spring yeah. training. Same, same, absolutely. But they have such a momentous off season up to this point in Major League Baseball in general. Just watch literally the train come out of nowhere and put a screeching halt to it. Not a good time. <laughs> listen, well, listen, Chris said it. They're still talking. It, it's it's sort of like the uh, it's like an underground market right now. I bet you there are mm-hmm. deals in place, and the owners are talking about like, oh, fuck you. I tend to agree him. with you, but the like, fact that nothing's leaked, this is like mm-hmm. star Star Wars movie level of freaking like vacuum tight. Mm-hmm. Right if it now, leaks, if it, le- if it leaks now, neither so, like do you know how much lever- do you know how much leverage the owners would lose? Yeah. Oh, totally. Or the, well, why depending on the player as well. Yeah. Well, or the player, like you would, you basically be shunned by the players union. Yes. And yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the owners would lose all leverage, mm-hmm. all leverage. So, I get it. Shall see what happens, gentlemen. Was there anything else you guys wanted to add on any of those topics, or shall we tee up uh, the Christmas wish list episode next week? Do you, do you guys <laughs> want to play the game this week, or? Sure. Well, I mean, do, do you do you want to be embarrassed as badly as Craig was last I'll week? Pro- I, well, oh, we'll I'm probably all get embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> we'll we'll do it for for the listeners. We'll do the same thing as we did last week. So you get five questions, uh, or five uh, clues to guess the player. Uh, you get points for five, four, three, two, one, depending on the uh, on the clue you get it on. So we'll throw it out to all of you. Whoever gets the answer first. Uh, gets the points on whichever clue it is. Right. These are just regular Where's players. My buzzer? Just Blue Jay these, players, right? these are these are Blue Jay players, or Got they okay. they they have been former, Blue Jay players. Okay. Could be former, could be Current. present, could Got be whatever. Or a Blue Jay hat at some point. Got yeah. it. <laughs> at some point. Uh, Onori Kawasaki. Oh, sorry. No. Uh, <laughs> player number one uh, was an eleventh overall pick in two thousand eight. Okay. Was claimed off of waivers by the Blue Jays in 2014. Jose Batista. No. No. Nope. Way before that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> the 2008 thing lined up. I mean, uh, made, I, made his, I just saw that. Made his MLB debut in 2010 with Texas. See, it's not so easy, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Man, you guys were making fun of me. 
He's an ass. <laughs> this should get it. 2017 All Star. Um. <laughs> oh, fuck. There's only one. Uh, it's a pitcher. Can you give me that? No. That was the last one. <laughs> he's not a pi- he's not a pitcher. I tried to forget 2017 with how bad they started. Oh, Justin the Smoke. Smokey. Uh, oh yeah. Played for Texas. Yeah. I remember him. Did he play for Seattle? Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Craig. Yeah, he was a big trade two... t- target for the Mariners there, and then he didn't pan out for allegedness. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Craig gets two points. You're like hey, already I'm, almost I'm a third past of the way there. Yeah. Two thirds. <laughs> all right. So the next player played for five major league teams. Played every position in his career except shortstop and center field. Played with the Blue Jays from 2003 to 2006. Um, Koski? Nope. No, Koski only played third. One Play player of the week. Wins. One player of the week, the last week of 05, batting 500 to push his season average to 301. 05? Yes. It was, uh, and he only, he not play shortstop or center field. Mm-hmm. So it's not overbay. Highly overpaid? Yeah. <laughs> Frank Manichino. Who? <laughs> Frank Manichino. <laughs> Not no, of, no, it's not real. Did Aaron Hill, Aaron Hill ever play outfield for us? No, no. he only played no. second base. Has the Blue Jays record for hits in a game six for six? Frank Catalanato. Yep. No, uh, I thought Frank Catalanato played center field at some point. <laughs> nope. You even said <laughs> oh. his name, but you were like, it's I did. Not. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was thinking about that outfield at the time. I was going to say Reed Johnson. <laughs> I, I, that would have been a good guess, I thought, too. Yeah. <laughs> I love Reed Johnson. Already, I almost went. I was gonna. I'm gonna go this guy, and I'm actually surprised that that I think the only thing he didn't fit was that 500 thing. Howie Clark. Howie Clark. The guy played everywhere. (laughs) Already, player number three finished his career pitching for the Toronto Blue Jays. Latrell Hawkins. Nope. That's a good guess, though. Hmm. Shoulder surgery in 2006 basically ended his career. Was claimed off of waivers by the Blue Jays in 2002. And oh, this is a continuation of that. And pitched in 124 games from 02 to 06. Batista? Miguel? Miguel? No. <laughs> no. I'm trying, I'm just thinking of that line. It wasn't Lily, because I think he finished with the Cubs. Josh Towers. You don't get a bobblehead for being a guy that, that finishes your career. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> this shit. <laughs> just... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Was once a pitching coach for New Hampshire. Dave Bush. No. David. <sighs> Name the Blue Jays pitching coach in 2012. Pete Walker. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, so we're at a very good tie between Craig and Brendan, 2-2, going into the fourth player. 
Already just tossing out names. <laughs> like, hey, welcome player. back, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Frank Catalano. No, it was. <laughs> well, I was trying to figure out who Brendan was talking about as well. I'm like, you're like close, Wait, but I don't know if you're just like, <laughs> don't know who you're talking about. Or Okay. Player number four, a Dominican born player. <laughs> what was our it was all of the 2007 team right <laughs> yeah. in his first three blue Jays seasons he went 40 and 11 Fuck. with a 328 <laughs> era with a what era 328 okay he won two world series juan guzman Three points for Craig. Oh, wow. man. <laughs> Love Juan. <laughs> Alrighty. Last player has won two silver medals in the World Baseball Classic. He was drafted in 2012. Also being a two-time All-Star. As much as I don't want to be the guy that says it, but did Strowman do two? No, they won World the Series class or World Baseball classes. I only know the one. No, the gold. It, it, it was silver medals. Oh, yeah, he okay. won the gold. He has led the league in complete games and shutouts in 2018. Hap? Nope. He was acquired by trade by the Blue Jays. That's everybody in that time frame. <laughs> Not a strata. Drafted in 2012, led the league in complete games and shutouts in 2018. Aaron Sanchez. Nope. No. You guys are really digging deep for this, and you shouldn't. <laughs> 2018, though? I'm guessing he wasn't in for the Blue Jays in 2018. <laughs> nope. Think stupid. Think stupid. If this is a Tanner Roark answer, I'm going to be very upset. No. <laughs> I wouldn't do that no. to you. <laughs> There's nobody yelling at, who, who, yelling at me made, on the Twitter feed, made, at least tonight, yelling, Sean Green! It's Sean Green! Yeah. <laughs> Who 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 made the final of the World Baseball Classic in 2017? Yep, I don't even remember. That's not it real the, baseball. It was the U.S. and Japan, Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, Barrios, Barrios. <laughs> uh. There you go. <laughs> Say you didn't have to think that hard about this. It's on the team well, right too now. new. We're all thinking freaking uh, I'm on Juan Guzman still flying I high. <laughs> I forgot that Puerto Rico is one or I guess one sort of or lost two gold medals. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So Craig takes it this week with five points. Zero you points. Your, your three points last <laughs> you week. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was Damn. fun. That's a good game, actually. I do like, like that. It. it gets like you it. thinking. <laughs> you got it. Some of them you really got to dig deep. You really got to dig deep. Not so much, apparently. Some of them not so <laughs> <Yeah>. much. <laughs> well, 
gentlemen, Adam, it's great to have you back, sir. It's uh, awesome. Chris, As uh, you have the invitation to join whenever you like, including next week's episode, uh, where we will be doing the annual Christmas wish list episode. And I'll just tell you guys now, you can't wish for the end of the lockout to be oh. at the top of your list. So <laughs> dig deep. Think about what you wish to see the Blue Jays do when the season does resume or next season or Whenever it is, you can wish for that because you can wish for whatever you want at Christmas time oh, and see if Santa Claus. The days break. at the dome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no leaky roofs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No leaky roofs. No ice falling. Correct from me the if rock. I'm wrong. Does that mean that that in our normal CBA actual freaking nonsense around here, does that mean that Adam Corsair is back to host just in time for the Christmas episode? They yeah, can something that line up right. Not time out on purpose. That's why he didn't want to host this week. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, dude, I'm wearing my ugly Blue Jays Christmas sweater next week. Again, like a true host. I will do that uh, for the wish list. Um, yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. And that's when I'll talk about Kevin uh, with my whole chest. Excellent. Okay. Yes. There you go. You could wish something <laughs> on Kevin. You could wish that. whatever you want because it's a Christmas wish list. But gentlemen, everybody, thank you for tuning in. As always, we're the official podcast of Jay's Journal and stadium scene not the official podcast of stadium scene but a shout out to stadium scene as always uh as well uh any parting words before two claps and a rick flair gentlemen welcome back adam welcome back thank adam. you for having me back it's glad it's good to be back it's like riding a bike let's go one two three. Oh, sorry Woo! 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 oh we need more kind of timing <laughs> can we still do this get the booster to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.